to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, we're live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host, and we're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about today's news and issues, but the twist is, is that we do it from a law enforcement perspective. Let me introduce the crew, guys, if you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show. We, yes, we have Major Travis Yates. So uh, over on the west side, look at that bicep you got, Travis. Uh, yeah, you know, too bad our radio listeners can't see that massive amount of muscle you've got on that arm. But also we have uh, Sergeant Joe Rollerson, affectionately noted as uh, Hollywood Joe from the uh, north of Tampa, from the Florida area. Thanks, guys, for being on the show. Appreciate it, uh, Travis. And uh, hey, a shout out to our sponsors, Gauls, AUFire.com, GunLearn.com, BlueTheGold.com, MyMedicare.Live. And thank you to Brian Burns for the free press for carrying our content. They're at TampaFP.com and Ray Dietrich, RedVoiceMedia.com. You know, we're streaming to eight locations right now. Three of those belong to Red Voice Media. They have about a million followers just on those three Facebook pages alone. So thanks to Ray Dietrich and Red Voice Media for helping make that happen. Guys, we got a great lineup for you. Um, but first, what I want to talk about is, uh, you know, yesterday I uh, had a procedure done. I had a colonoscopy. And, you know, I get I had that first, you know, initially done at 50. I, I found out yesterday when I was at the place that now they're recommending guys start doing that at the age of 45. And I just want to mention how, like a little PSA here on how important that actually is. I had mine done at 50, and uh, they gave me 10 years, and then they were gonna, then they did another one for me, and I got another 10 years to go. Um, so it's, uh, it, it's, it's all good. However, when I woke up, my, my throat hurt. And you guys who watch the show regularly you probably hear that my voice has dropped like an octave lower. And, uh, and then last night I couldn't talk at all. I had the whisper and I was really wondering with Jimmy, whether I'd be able to do the show, whether it was going to be producer Jimmy here sitting beside me doing the show, but I woke up, I can talk. I'm just, you know, an octave lower than what I normally am, but it's not sore at all. So, uh, um, so Travis, I let's see if you can, you know, I asked them if they, if they, uh, if they, um, if they uh, put a tube down my throat and they said no. So, but well, what did they, what did they put down your throat? <laughs> I knew, I knew. See, Jimmy, I knew I shouldn't have done that. I got Travis in the show. I can't get away with like saying stuff like that. He's just gonna make me pay for it. You know? I'm, I'm thinking they went in too deep perhaps and hit your tonsils. Oh, dude. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, yeah, I asked them if they intubated me. They said they did not. And then I just remember my last words before they put me under, I'm talking to the uh, anesthesiologist and with the doctor. And they found out that I that I was a cop and that I have this show. And then, boom, they knocked me out. And then I wake up, my mouth is sore. But at least I was only sore from that end. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But anyhow, that's the way it happened. So I don't know if you guys have any any similar colonoscopy stories you guys can share. I don't know if your voice dropped an octave. And, and if that happens, guys, if, that's, if you've experienced that, does it ever come back? Will I ever get my old, my old ready, ready voice back? Of course, this one might be better. I don't know. I think you sound good for for the. I, for I just <laughs> okay. I just told them before they put me under. No means no. Okay. No means no. I no I means no. <laughs> yeah, but Chip said, "Don't ask, don't tell." So who knows yeah. what happened? Wow. You know, if it wow, you guys are hurt. I, I I hurt a little bit there. Man, you guys are making me. You're stretching my vocal cords there on this one. So, but yeah, seriously, if there's if there's listeners, you know, watching the show. Look, what is the worst that can happen? You know, if you, you know, if they, if they find polyp, polyps and uh, they take them out because they could, could turn into, into become cancerous, from what I understand. Um, yeah, but it'll, it'll, it'll save you. Even if at the age of forty-five, guys, start doing it. Uh, odds are is that you'll have a clean bill of health, and that ten more years you've got before you have to do your next one. The drug they use is that, it's that uh, Michael Jackson drug. I, you guys might know the name of, but I can't, I can't remember the name of it. Propofol. Propofol, yeah, it's yep. a Michael Jackson drug. It's good stuff. 
And when I say good stuff, I mean that because when you wake up, you feel like you're 100%. Do you not? You feel like, boom, at least when I come out of it, it's not, you're not groggy like regular anesthesia. So you are in a light sleep. You don't feel or hear anything. You don't remember anything. You're, believe me, you're out, but you're, you just feel like you have been like knocked out and slept for like a week. And you're like on your A game when you wake up. It's, but you can't drive, but you feel like you can drive. So, well, this may be why Michael Jackson's voice was forever affected because that was a drug Ooh. of choice. Wow. Did I really, did I really open that door for him, producer Jimmy? Wow. You know, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, it's going to be an interesting show with Travis Yates on apparently today. So uh, um, as deep as uh, the producer's voice is, sounds like he's had a couple of colonoscopies. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. You don't want to know. Yeah, apparently <laughs> not. All right, so that's our that is officially our PSA. So everybody here can say that we've uh, that we've you know got a little feather in our cap. We did the right thing. We were talking positively about colonoscopies, well, except for Travis. But um, but anyhow, hopefully, if there's just one user. That, or listener that's watching this program that will go out to get that done. It could save a life, you know? Um, the worst thing that can happen, you know, they find something they would have found later on, but it's, it's preventative is what it is. And you know what? It's not going to cost you a dime because insurance is going to cover 100% of this thing. So that's how bad they want you to do it. So, guys, moving along to see what we got for our first uh, topic. Let's see, we got a little over six minutes before we're going to go to the first commercial break. So it's a main story. They have a tendency to be a little bit deeper. This one's not too deep, but at lawofficer.com, and uh, Travis Yates knows about lawofficer.com. Boy, what a, what a great resource. So thanks for putting that together. Travis Yates, responsible for lawofficer.com. Uh, Governor Greg Abbott prepares to sign a new law to authorize local police to handle immigration enforcement. Now, a lot of people listening to the show may not realize how controversial this is. There have been uh, the feds have gone to great lengths to prevent people from trying to do this, uh, to, to giving local law enforcement officers the ability um, to, uh, to combat immigration. They've tried to make it a federal issue solely so that the uh, government, the White House, the Biden White House can, uh, you know, or the only guys that can deal with it. So Greg, Governor Greg Abbott is going out on a limb here, I, I think, from what I'm seeing. I, I, I kind of wish I'd see other guys, you know, do this. I'm, I'm not aware that Ron DeSantis has done this where I'm at in Florida. But the article starts off in Austin, Texas, saying that last month, Texas Republicans sent Governor Greg Abbott um, SB, which stands for Senate Bill 4. So Senate Bill 4, it's a bill that would authorize local police to handle immigration enforcement by making it a misdemeanor to cross the Texas-Mexico border illegally. Now, I, I agree it's only a misdemeanor, but it's the segue that gets them into that. So if passed, the proposed state law, which is considered the strongest border security bill, wow, it would also allow a judge to order illegal immigrants to return to Mexico, according to the Daily Wire. So you got to love that part of it. On Sunday, Governor Greg Abbott said that he plans to sign the law it will allow every law enforcement officer in the Lone Star State to arrest immigrants who illegally enter Texas from another country. Wow. Could be a game changer. I know the White House is not going to be happy about this. Joe Rollerson. Um, yeah, I read the article, and I think it's, I think it's a great bill. Uh, the problem you're going to have is we're, they're already thin on law enforcement everywhere, and now they're going to be tracking down illegals. But when they do come across them, at least now they got – a tool to use to try to detain them and send them back to Mexico. But I, uh, I'm surprised this hasn't been done before. But then again, like you said, uh, the administration that's in Washington right now has, has tied law enforcement's hands and the governor's hands. And I, I just don't understand why uh, there's such resistance from the federal level other than there's an underlying reason why they want these illegals here. So maybe Travis can expand on that reason 
Well, that reason is simple. They hate you, Joe. They hate you. They hate America. There is no other explanation on why they're completely ignoring a federal law that was put there for a very good reason. No country can stand with open borders. That's why we're the only country in the world that has is doing this. And so that's the only explanation. But I will say that this is rather ingenious by the state of Texas. Now, if they would try to enforce this without a state law, the federal government would be able to get a stop to it very quickly. But as everybody listening probably knows, most state laws also mirror federal laws. There's a federal law for murder. There's a state law for murder. There's so, so there doesn't seem to be anything constitutionally wrong with a state implementing a law like this. Now, the the federal government will fight this all the way to the Supreme Court uh, for the very reason I said earlier. And let me repeat in case somebody missed it. They hate you. And and so they will fight this and they may get a judge initially to uh, get an injunction against this. But this is a fight worth fighting because, first off, I believe there is no constitutional violation to a state passing. this. probably why they did a misdemeanor. It's going to be much easier to pass constitutionally because those are relegated to states oftentimes, even though states can have uh felonies but a misdemeanor is going to be easier to beat in court but this may be a model for other states because it's not just texas that is fighting this issue and uh so this is going to be very interesting to watch over the course of the next few years as i'm sure the biden administration will begin to fight this in the legal sense but i don't think they have a leg to stand on just like they haven't had a leg to stand on any of their fights whether it was the covid mandates or the military stuff and all the other things they keep fighting they continue to lose student loan stuff they continue to lose but it takes some time to get there and they can have their will and their way temporarily. But in the long run, I think the people that love America will end up winning. Well, I, I love the way you think, Travis. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens and we'll see if, if more jurisdictions start to do this. But uh, and, you know, Joe, a lot of the a lot of the people really dealing with the border, uh, the border issue. Um, it's it's they're really not necessarily on the border now. It's the surrounding uh, communities, jurisdictions that are around there, even Pinal County, you know, we've got, uh, Matthew Thomas, uh, chief deputy from there and, and deputy Frank slope, um, you know, their spokesperson. So, um, yeah, they're all dealing with this very heavy, very heavy. So, um, yeah, well, I, I know every time Abbott does anything down there, it's to benefit not only his state, but really everybody in the United States, because this problem is flowing over everywhere in the United States. Yeah. And the federal government comes after him constantly, like he put the uh, buoys in the river. And um, I thought that was really ingenious, but the federal government fought him over it. And I think they're still, uh, I think they're still in the courts on that one, aren't they, Travis, on, on the buoys? Yeah. But I think they're going to lose on that one anyway. No, that's uh, already been uh, shut down. Uh, the buoys had to be removed. Really? Really? I, I haven't read that. Producer Jimmy's in the know. Uh, so looking at the stream here, Alaya uh, liked the PSA on the uh, on the uh, colonoscopy thing. And uh, so uh, thanks for appreciating that, you know, Laya. You know, I know that yesterday we had uh, Sheriff David Clark on, on yesterday's show. Um, kind of a we had previously had him on the show. We ran that yesterday while I was um, getting the procedure done. So uh, but I was I was in the waiting room. In the on the gurney, I was typing messages to Bo and some of the other people that were watching the show. I was I conversed with them, and I didn't get called until after the show was over, so it all worked out. But hey, guys, it's time for our first commercial break. Stick with us; we'll be right back. Well, guys, it's time to talk about Galls, and it's really the new Galls at Galls.com/slash/leo. So if you've been listening to the show for any amount of time, I know you guys are already familiar with uh, with Galls, and yes, it's Galls.com/slash/leo, and yes, they are the country's leading uniform clothing equipment and gear provider. For law enforcement and they have a variety of offerings everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty boots and tactical gear 
And as our panelist, Captain Brett Bartlett, always says, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. So if you haven't been to Gauls lately, check them out at Gauls.com slash Leo. And look, holidays are right around the corner. I mean, we've already had Thanksgiving. Christmas is right around the corner. So if you're looking for gift cards, go look no further than Gauls.com slash Leo. Get a gift card for your uh, friend, family, or loved ones that are involved in law enforcement. Or, or even, you know, we found out last week when we were doing this thing that they've got firefighter specials. So whether it's firefighters, law enforcement, you know, the hose draggers, you know, get the uh, get the gift cards, guys. They'll love it. Gauls.com slash Leo. Don't wait. Joe's on their ordering now. Gauls.com slash Leo. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, we're still live from the Boss Talk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. So if we've totally exhausted the uh, the last topic, you know, Joe Rawlinson made a comment earlier before the show. Now he's looking at me like, wow, what in the world is Chip is Chip going to say? Is he going to embarrass me? I'm not going to embarrass you, Joe. You know I wouldn't do that. But he, he liked my shirt. He made a comment about the shirt that I'm wearing. It's a rash guard. It's the uh, Leo Roundtable rash guard. So if you guys are interested in getting something like this, all you have to do is go to leoroundtable.com. Yes, we have a store. We have clothing and stuff that you guys get, coffee mugs, all kinds of stuff, hats and stuff. So check it out there. Now, the rash guards, I will tell you, they have a tendency to run small. So the first one I, I ordered was my size on medium, and I had to give it to the producer, Will, because it just, it just it was not flattering when I, get, when, I, when I put it on. Let's just put it that way. So this is a large, and it fits much better. So, um, so yeah, or if you're whatever size you are, order a size up and, uh, but yeah, they're at Leo Ralph. Uh, Joe's now Joe's unlocked his microphone. He's, well, since, he's still waiting for the free shirt. Cause he does my show. Since, since you brought me into the fray here, I'm going to say the shirts don't run small. You run large. Okay. Is that what it is? Okay. It's, it's the belly dude. <laughs> thanks. Well, Hey, the only reason I'll be honest with you guys. Okay. I've gained a little bit of weight, not much, but a little bit. And, and so I haven't, I put it on the other day. I couldn't, I couldn't wear it. It just wasn't flattering when you got like little, you know, like love handles or whatever going on. But, but I did all the prep work for the colonoscopy and I lost a few pounds. I threw it on this morning thinking, crap, I can get away. It's cool out in Tampa Bay. I'm going to wear the shirt today. I can get away with it. And, uh, so un until I gain the weight back, hopefully I won't, you know, I'll be able to get, a, I can wear the shirt again. So yeah, thank God. So, oh, please. No, I, I, <laughs> seriously. I, I've lost about 85 pounds. And I've still got another 25 left to go. You don't need to lose any weight, my brother. So I think we're going to order one for Jimmy then. I think since he's lost 85 pounds, we're going to order one for Jimmy. And we're going to put up a visual. We'll put up a graphic on the uh, Maybe we'll even change the logo for the show to have Jimmy in one of these tight, you know, tight shirts. No know, chance. <laughs> All right, so look, moving along, let's see what we got coming up here. We got um, a, an update story, leoaffairs.com, a body cam released of an officer who died after trying to disarm a migrant worker. Ouch. So um, not, not a great story to have to cover, but this happened in North Florida, actually. So in May, in May of this year, 2023, a North Florida sheriff's deputy collapsed and died after struggling for more than six minutes to take a teenager, this uh, teenager suspect in the custody, according to the St. John's County Sheriff's Office. Now, I think it's important to cover this story. I was a fitness trainer, the lead instructor for many years for the Tampa Police Department. It's in my, uh, my DNA and my background. Uh, but I don't like seeing older cops out there. Um, I retired um, at the age of 51, and even though I was in great shape, thought I could do the job and still still feel like it, actually. Um, you know, you I just don't like, I think that once you get into your, your, your mid-50s, get another line of work. Um, and I don't even know if the guys on the show feel the same way I feel, but just from what I've seen and stuff, I think you just become a liability to yourself and to the people you work with, and then the, to the citizens as well. So reading more into the story, Around 9 o'clock p.m. on Friday, May the 19th, 
west of uh, St. Augustine, Florida, the you know like the oldest city in the in the in the country. Um, the deputy um, that this happened to was identified as Sergeant Michael Kunovich. So the sheriff's office has not released the cause of death, but the officer down memorial page says that the deputy suffered a heart attack. And Virgilio Aguilar Mendez, 18 years old, this is our bad guy that was wrestling around with the deputy. He's facing a murder charge in connection with Kunovich's death. Now, Kunovich made contact with a suspect he observed sitting in a dark outside close business. So he was, he was sitting outside this business. He attempted to pat down this guy for weapons, so he's doing a, a, a weapons pat down. Suspect pulls away, attempts to flee. Additional deputies arrive. Suspect continues to resist. So they're fighting with this guy on the ground, and the subject attempts to grab the sergeant's taser and continues to violently resist for approximately 6 minutes and 19 seconds. And I can tell you from being in many of these fights, it seems like it's going on for freaking ever. And if this thing went on for over six minutes, I guarantee you that they were all taxed. They were like done, right? I mean, you spend a lot of energy in these fights. After the bad guy's handcuffed, subject arms himself with a pocket knife, which is forcefully removed by deputies. So moments after he's disarmed, the sergeant, Kunovich, shows signs of medical distress and he collapses. So they do life-saving measures attempted by St. John's County uh, Fire Rescue and the, the uh, medical personnel from Flagler Health, uh, but he ends up he ends up dying, unfortunately. He was a father of two, served with the sheriff's office for 25 years, including five years on the SWAT team. So Aguilar Mendez, the bad guy, has been charged with resisting arrest with violence, felony murder, uh, which is what happens when you get involved in these things and a cop dies. Um, U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement. So ICE also got involved to put a detainer on this guy because I'm suspecting he's illegal. Um, and uh, he's what they call a removable non-citizen is, is the, uh, the catch. I'm sure, Travis, I'm sure you'll love that phrase is what they're calling it. So that's what we have. Uh, when I looked at the picture of the uh, of the deputy, I know they said he'd been in the, in the uh, you know, for on for 25 years. Um, I suspect he came on when he was older because he definitely looked like he was probably in his uh, um, in his 60s uh, at least. So, Travis, you want to take us away on this? Well, first off, you're correct, Chip. Six minutes is an exorbitant amount of time uh, to be in an encounter. You're, uh, I can just tell you in the when I uh, have my gut, my nerves are up to actually visit my jiu-jitsu gym and they do four minute rounds repeatedly. I can tell you, I've never gotten used to that. Your lactic acid starts to go regardless of what condition you're in around that point. And which is very impressive when these professionals can go on and on and on, but we're not obviously professionals. And so that's difficult for anybody, regardless of the conditioning they're in. Uh, but I, I do want to sort of point out, uh, I, I didn't see any riots uh, after this uh, in-depth custody. I didn't see Black Lives Matter discussing this. And, and, you know, this is quite different than obviously when a suspect dies in custody. The officer did not choose this encounter. The bad guy did. The officer was not high on fentanyl or methamphetamine or anything else. Uh, and he's a true victim in this. So being a true victim, I'm really concerned on and wondering why where all these activists are. Where are they when these in-death custodies exist? Because they talk about this a lot, right? Uh, uh, yeah, the bad guy was charged with murder. But I wonder where the outrage is. Uh, when this is completely different than a true in-death custody of a suspect when the officer did not choose to be here. The officer's behavior did not cause this to be here. The officer did not do anything to create this. Uh, when you look at the opposite, uh, suspects obviously do. Good point, Travis. Yeah, good point. Um, you know, I, I, I love the felony murder rule. I'm glad they charged this guy with murder, the bad guy. So uh, if anything new comes down the pike on this, we'll let you guys know. But that's the latest and the greatest on this story. So look, we're going to cover one video next. And then after that, um, when we get back, we'll do two videos that involve bicycles. And these are like 
horrendous videos. Now, we'll describe in great detail what's going on because a lot of us, we have a lot of audio listeners right now. But guys, stick with us. Commercial break. We'll be right back. All right, guys, you know, if you're struggling with the ins and outs of warrantless searches and seizure, or what about the liability of getting it wrong? Say hello to bluethegold.com. They translate search and seizure doctrines in the clear, straightforward concepts that any officer can relate to. Plus, they give the training for free. Thanks to bluethegold.com's free weekly webinars. Now, next week is anonymous tips. So sign up at bluethegold.com today. Join thousands of your peers in blue and step up your legal game because, frankly, you and your agency cannot afford not to. So, hey, now it's time to talk about aufire.com at aufire. Oh, at, at aufire.com. Guys, this is a fantastic company. They got some really cool products. So you got to go to the website and check it out. It's Accuracy Under Fire. And agencies can prepare their Leos for the mental challenges associated with being wounded on duty and forcing them to adapt, problem solve, refocus, and overcome to effectively neutralize the threat. Now, you wear these TENS units. It inactivates body parts simulating being shot or hurt. It's a great training, aufire.com. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact MyMedicare.Live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby. Meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays. Find plans that your doctors accept and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, MyMedicare.Live. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show, still live from the Boss Talk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, Travis, uh, before we get to the stories for the video component, uh, can you tell us a little, or you a little bit more about you, uh, what you do? And I've got the TravisJates.org up on the uh, website. Just remember that, you know, a lot of our guys are audio, audio listeners, podcast radio, so they can't see you. And boy, they're missing, I know they're missing the pipes that you got, but, uh, but go ahead, buddy. Well, Chip, it's an honor to be here. Uh, I served 30 years with the Tulsa Police Department, retired as a commander uh, just this July. And for about 20 years, I've been on the road when I could be with vacation and leave time, training and teaching and consulting. And so I do that now full time. You can find out all that information at TravisYates.org. Two of the uh, most popular classes are a class called The Courageous Police Leader. I wrote a book under that same name that actually this week, believe it or not, was got back in the top 10 in its categories. I don't know how that's happening. Probably a sign sign of how horrible our profession continues to be. that's (laughs) That's why the book was written to try to fix that. Uh, and then, of course, uh, I've been studying the science behind pre-attack indicators for about a decade, and I've got a course on that as well. Hey, that is that is excellent. So, guys, he's a great, he's a fantastic speaker. I know that uh, you've been to Pinal County. We had uh, Chief Deputy Matthew Thomas on. You you had uh, you had been there recently, correct? Uh, yeah, and they just uh, booked me for four days next year, uh, just yesterday. Is that right? And from what I understand, the people love you. The troops love you. The command staff. I mean, everybody loves having you. And that's and that's why. They were, you know, incentivized to get you back for next year. So good deal. So it's all good. So he is quite an engaging speaker, guys. So look, uh, if you look no further, they got you got. Do you have um? I know that you got pictures on the website. Do you have videos as well? I think you that you do. Though, yeah, you? I, I do. And it, uh, and if you follow me on LinkedIn, like I said, you can get to that from the website. Uh, I I try to routinely post uh, different clips and different classes on there as well. All right, excellent. Gotta love it. TravisH.org, guys. Um, so moving right along here. Yes, we've got a story with a video component. You know, it's hard to find a good news story these days without one. So we're describing great detail what's going on so you guys don't feel like you're missing out on anything. And look, please stay loyal to your podcast or radio station that's bringing you this content. And because we're going to describe in great detail. But if you feel the need to watch any videos that we're talking about, we this show is live you know, Monday through Friday during the lunch hour, 12 to one o'clock on Eastern time, but we take the same live show. We professionally produce it 
except we embed all the videos that we talk about, put pictures of the good guys and the bad guys, and we put that on our Rumble channel the very next day at 9 o'clock in the morning. We do that Tuesday through Saturday. So it makes for a great way to watch the show if you're not into the live thing. And, of course, um, you know, live thing, you know, we have commercials and that kind of stuff, and I've already explained before a number of times on why that's just so important. This is radio station gigs, very important. So the radio station's got ads. You know, we've got ads. We're nationally syndicated uh, across the country on about 35 radio stations and growing. So, uh, guys, uh, appreciate you all watching our show. Please stay loyal to the outlets that are bringing it to you. So at Rumble.com, our favorite law enforcement video channel called This Is Butter, Body Cam Video shows a fatal West Haven police shooting of Joven Washington who wounded a police officer. So Joven Washington, he's our bad guy, 33, 33 years old. He was killed on December the 1st while police responded to a report of a domestic violence. So when West Haven police officers arrived at an apartment building, they spoke to a woman who told them that Washington had attempted to strangle her and that he would not let her leave the apartment. So officers go to a bedroom that's inside the apartment and they speak to Washington, our bad guy, and he's actually in bed at the time. So officer Cody Bacon told Washington that he would be taken into custody and asked him if he wanted to put on a pair of pants. In hindsight, guys, I can already tell you, bad decision, right? And and we've all got our, all our stories. So he lets the guy, already tells him he's under arrest, but he lets him put on pants before he handcuffs him or anything, right? Bad move. Body cam video shows that Washington, our bad guy, gets out of bed. He's moving towards the closet, fumbling around, get, has plenty of time to plan his next move, unfortunately. Suddenly turns and reaches underneath the mattress for a gun. Now, you may think, ah, there's no way he has time to do anything bad, right? You got two cops there. <laughs> a struggle breaks out. Washington fires one shot from the gun that he got a hold of underneath the bed. He strikes Officer Bacon in the leg. I'm not even going to make a joke about the officer being named Bacon. All right. I'm at, at least it wasn't there. just me. I got you. But officer, the other officer, Officer Alex Trischetti, then fires multiple times, and he strikes Washington. And, of course, Washington was pronounced dead, and I would say justifiably so. Other police officers took Bacon, or cop that was hit. Well, Bacon, you should figure that out, Officer Bacon. They took him to treatment for the gunshot wound to his upper leg. And from what I understand, he's going to be okay. Uh, but that's all the information I have at the time. Guys, just an example of what can go wrong. I remember having a naked guy, Joe, and uh, I, I let him get dressed before we handcuffed him. And I was with a guy named Lawrence White. You might remember a big black cop named Lawrence White, right? And, uh, boy, that came back and bit us because we're the guy just gotten out of the shower. This dude, we're in the projects. This dude is soaking wet and we're trying to hold on to him. Yeah, good fat chance of that happening. This guy makes it out of the out of the living room and we're rolling. We're in on the couch. We're on the floor. We're everywhere. He gets away from us and he, then he runs butt naked outside through the projects and he gets away from us. It was the craziest thing. And it let, met, left the mental note. Never let them get dressed again. Joe. Yeah, I watched the video and you knew things were going to go bad when the guy's standing there. He gets up, he acts like he's uh, disoriented a little bit. He was surprised the cops were there. He acted like he was sleepy. And um, it's something that Travis probably does in his training. 
the guy's just standing there and he's, you can see the look on his face. He's contemplating how he's going to get out of this, how he's going to take care of these two cops. And uh, the cops are being nice. You can, I mean, how many times have we done that? I mean, I've done it. You've done it. Uh, you know, trying to be nice, trying to be cordial to these people. Uh, but you're dealing with bad dudes. And the best thing to do is just handcuff them and stuff. But he turned around. He got that gun. I just cannot believe that they allowed that to happen. The cops are extremely lucky. They only had one officer shot in the upper thigh. And uh, But here again, here again, you have a, a person shot and killed because of why they did not comply. All they have to do is just comply. But it, it's just an unfortunate situation. But the, the police officer should have known better than that. But they were trying to be nice. <laughs> well, Travis, I'll bet those cops will never do that again. I just, I know. Well, we have a really dichotomy of ideas here where we we keep telling police officers to de-escalate and to be friendly and to be Chick-fil-A and do all this and that. But the problem is, is when someone is under arrest, that goes away. It's time to beat Delta Airlines and get some handcuffs on them, right? Uh, and any encounter, and this doesn't just for law enforcement, it's for anybody, uh, bad guys have capability, opportunity, and intent. You can't control capability. You can't control intent, but you, whether you're a civilian or a police officer can control opportunity. And by letting him get up and do what they did, they gave him the third ring in that problem, which is opportunity. And yeah, you, you may be concerned what it looks like on body, body camera that you're handcuffing a guy sleeping peacefully in his bed, but you know what? No one gets shot. No one gets hurt. No one dies. And I think that's easily explainable because this is, this is, this is, an issue almost every day we talk about this chip that uh, officers are sort of they're, they're defaulting into being Chick-fil-A in times when they shouldn't, you know, quit saying my pleasure and get some handcuffs on them. The hands are the only thing that can kill you. Of course, once he gets a gun, this is another uh, data set that law enforcement needs to know your brain doesn't even comprehend a threat for 0.31 seconds. That means I can point a gun at you. And for a third of a second, you don't even see it. And then it takes another, uh, half a second or more to even respond to that and about two seconds to just get gun on target well when he pulls that gun they're behind the curve and they got extremely fortunate as joe said to be able to walk away from that but i have this idea and it sounds kind of crazy let's just not give them the opportunity to begin with manners be damned <laughs> that's a that's a pretty radical idea travis imagine that so thanks major um, guys, I want to get this in. We got two minutes before our last commercial break. I just want to get this in before that because I want to cover the two bicycle videos, which are just, I mean, they're they're miles apart from each other, but they're both really good. So on policeone.com, indictments dropped for 17 Texas police officers in the George Floyd protest response. Guys, that's kind of major. Um, you know, we were really slamming uh, the DA, um, the district attorney, it was Jose Garza last week. And sure enough, look look what happened. So just listen to this. Austin, Texas, Texas prosecutor whose office oversaw indictments for more than 20 Austin police officers for tactics they used back in 2020 during the protest. That was after George Floyd died, um, said Monday that he's dropping most of the cases and he would ask the Justice Department to investigate instead. So he's trying to get the DOJ involved, but he has no control over that. The announcement is a sharp reversal for Travis County District Attorney Jose Garza. And he's a progressive who was elected. Months after the protest, Rainham promises to hold police accountable in the Texas Capitol. Garza, who is, of course, a Democrat, said his office would dismiss indictments against 17 officers, but still move forward with prosecuting four others. 
And uh, it goes on to explain more of the stuff going on, um, comments by the mayor and stuff. But uh, Garza is uh, backing down, surprisingly. Travis Yates. Well, I want to be as uh, politically correct as I can. Uh, Garza's a scumbag, okay? <laughs> he knew without a doubt when he filed those charges, there weren't anything to file. He knew that. That's not what it's about. These officers' lives have been irreparably damaged and ruined anyway because it's not about the conviction because uh, it would have been a, an acquittal. That's why he dropped the charges. But he knew when he filed the charges that they shouldn't have been filed. Uh, but it affects these officers anyway, and that's one of the reasons you've seen Austin's crime rate skyrocket the way it has. I agree. He didn't want to come up with his pants down. He already screwed up by doing the indictments, and he knew he had no way to win. And he's been losing stuff, too. So I, I totally agree. And I also agree with the scumbag comment, too. Hey, guys, time for our last commercial break. We'll be right back. All right, guys, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition or how much you think that you know, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, they've taken the infusion out of learning. They've actually made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and it's the only company that take a step-by-step uh, -step program and take you from your present knowledge level, become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like our panelist, Captain Brett Bartlett. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point in time to ensure accuracy, and their training is approved by major forensic organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, and that stands for law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar. You can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com gunlearn.com all right guys welcome back to the leo roundtable law enforcement talk show still live from the boss hog radio studios in plant city florida yeah i got this is butter on there making fun of me how i say naked so uh yeah they're they're having fun with me so um commentary on the i know that we had to go to the commercial break guys but if, if we're done with the last one yeah i've got a couple of these uh videos that are just really sensational so we'll start off with this one first at rumble.com this is butter is the name of the channel. Phoenix police released body cam of a bicyclist opening fire at police and then is shot by another officer. Uh, do you have any weapons on you? No, oh, ma'am. Oh, you put the bike down. Uh, I'm gonna pat you down. Okay, ma'am. Hey, don't reach. I said, okay. Don't fucking reach. I'm Take off your backpack. Take it off. Okay, then. Take it off. Take it off. What are you doing right there? Relax. Take it off. Jesus. Stop. 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 Don't fall in the ground. Sit down. Don't fucking move. Stop. I fucking shit. Stop. 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 This is a dynamic, this is two cases with bicycles, so it kind of lets you know, don't automatically assume 
that bicyclists are not armed and that it's just going to be a you know a fun day chasing somebody. So a man is hospitalized on Monday after being shot by police in Central Phoenix. Police said this on Monday. Officer dispatched near a La Quinta Inn about three o'clock in the morning. So that's already a bad sign. And they approach a, a, a guy that turns out to be a bad guy. So during the encounter, described by Phoenix Police Sergeant Robert Shearer, um, they do like a, a subject stop. Everybody's got a different name for it. We call it FIRs. Um, but um, this, the man did not listen to commands, and he struggled to uh, struggle to sue with police when they attempt to detain him. So he's auto- automatically a guy that is not compliant. So during the struggle, one of the police officers notices the, the bad guy has got a handgun tucked in his waistband. Now, the guy becomes more aggressive as the struggle progresses, and then he eventually breaks free from the officer's restraint. And then the guy runs, and he fires multiple gunshots, believed to be in the direction of the police officers. And it's still not over. So police use a helicopter to track the guy into an alleyway, and multiple officers reach him, and the man continues not to comply. And uh, police see the man reach for his waistband when officers fire multiple times at him, and they strike him uh, at least once. The man has injuries that are not life-threatening. He's expected to be booked in jail under multiple charges following his recovery. No officers were incident or, were injured in the in the uh, in the arrest, anyhow. But this guy uh, was a bicyclist that did all this stuff, and just goes to show you just you just never know. Any commentary on this, guys? I'm curious to get your thoughts because the next one is where a cop commandeers a bicycle to chase down another bad guy that's on a bike. Well, on this video, uh, I was watching it and. Um, I feel that the police officer, when she stopped him, she saw the weapon, but what did she do? She told him she saw the weapon. So now the bad guy knows, oh my God, he knows, she knows I have a gun. She's calling for backup. She's doing her best to hold him down by herself. And uh, in the meantime, she keeps telling him, I know you got a gun. If you move, I'm going to shoot you. I'm going to shoot you. So now the guy knows he's got to struggle even more. What she should have done is just backed up and just pop the guy, in my opinion. I mean, he's armed, he's resisting, he's a threat. Uh, why even try to engage with this guy and uh, and hold him down and struggle with a, with a weapon? What, by her not doing that, it allowed him to, to flee. He shot at other officers, which they're extremely lucky no one got shot. I think, I think he ended up shooting a police car and uh, they were able to take him in, into custody after he was shot. But I, I looked at that and I, I just feel like she again, like Travis said, police officers are trying to be too friendly and too nice now instead of just doing their damn job. You know, thanks. Good, good catch, Joe, on that. And, and and Travis, you know, I know that in my notes I say start watching the video at forty at the forty seven second mark, but then from two fifty to three oh nine, they're fighting over a gun. They're fighting over the same gun. So that's going on for like about twenty seconds. Oh my gosh. Talk about a, a pucker factor. Then they have some enhanced video, which always helps out justifying a police shoot. Let's you see kind of like what the cops saw. Um, but uh, but wow, Travis. Yeah, I like to back, you know, every encounter I like to back up as far as I can. We do this in our seconds to survival seminar where we back up encounters as far as we can. And we go, when do you start having concerns and issues and when can you start your decision making process? And this one is relatively easy. It's, it's like it's what I like to call an MOB in action, which is a man on a bicycle. If you see a grown man riding around on a huffy bicycle, there's a problem, right? I don't think it's probably a crime in most cities. But there, there's something not right about a grown man riding around on a bicycle. And we see these MOBs all over the country. So it's very, very strange to me. 
but it should be a crime, Travis. Hey, that's yeah. We, all we have to do is maybe get a, a house rep, some senators on on the bandwagon, man, and we'll like push it through, dude. <laughs> yeah, the well, MOBs. Well, I I cannot stress enough. If you see the MOBs out there, just avoid them. You know, just avoid well, not, them. Just not only that, it's at two or three o'clock in the morning. Nothing's coming good of somebody riding around on a bicycle two or three o'clock in the morning, like you said. Hey, only thing that we're missing, we're still missing two things for the ultimate story is alcohol and women at three o'clock in the morning. That's what we, that's what we need. Maybe throw a poll in there, you know, and we're, and we're, we're good. So, uh, let's see our, our next one involving the bicycle, not, not, not to be outdone by the previous one. So we got, we're still at rumble.com, our favorite law enforcement video channel called this is butter police release footage of a PC. So this is, uh, this is on the, on the other side of the pond commandeering a bike to ram a fleeing drug dealer. So listen how this goes down. So the footage from PC Lewis marks to where in you guys are automatically know by me saying PC that we're like in England. It's Northampton, but uh, he jumps out of a van and and um, he thanks a cyclist. Well, let me see. The footage shows PC Lewis marks. That's our cop jumping out of a van and thanking a cyclist before pedaling off across grass in pursuit of Sean Christopher Prosser in Northampton earlier this year. Now, Sean Christopher Prosser's the bad guy because, of course, he's got three names, right? But it says our cop is thanking the the, uh, the cyclist. From my memory, I think he just kind of like, you know, hey, I'm taking your bike kind of a thing. But anyhow, North Northampton police said the chase begins about 11.45 in the morning on August 23rd after a member of the public called to report a possible drug deal taking place. So Prosser, 28 years old, makes off on a bicycle when officers get there. So bad guys, you know, on the bike. So a member of the public points him in the direction of a, or a Prosser. And uh, let me make sure I get this right. So a member of the public pointed him in the direction of Prosser, the cop, or who was uh, who was cycling across the park. So releasing his vehicle, uh, or, or realizing, sorry, that his vehicle would not be able to enter the park, PC Marks asked another member of the public if he could borrow his bike and intercepted Prosser near a car park. I don't remember the conversation. I don't remember a casual conversation with him asking to take a a, a, a civilian's bicycle. It's just something that kind of happened, you know, but whatever. But realizing his vehicle cannot enter the park, he commandeers this bicycle. And sure enough, yeah, he chases down this bad guy, and it's a spectacular crash tackle. And Prosser was found to be in possession of a large quantity of cash and phones with messages related to drug activity. So I'm assuming that helped in the drug case. In this particular incident, we do things differently over here in the States. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever commandeered something. I've caught a ride from a civilian. Uh, before I was a cop, I did retail stuff at a, at a store, and I commandeered a uh, – well, I got a, I got a ride from somebody helping me chase someone down the interstate. But, uh, but wow, the commandeering thing. What do you think, Travis? Have you ever commandeered anything? The only thing worse than the MOB is a COB, right? Cop on a bike. Oh. And, uh, and you know, if you're the oh, bike cop, if you're the bike cop, uh, I'll be nice to them, but they are bike cops. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, all kidding aside, I mean, 
everyone needs to go watch this video on Butter's channel. Uh, it is uh, the damnedest thing you've ever seen. And I think I know why I call them PC uh, cops in uh, London, uh, because politically correct for sure, because only about 1% of those guys could even carry weapons. Right. So they got to, they got to get bikes and ram people. He actually did a TVI on a bike at the end of that thing. And, uh, it is a beautiful sight to see, but, uh, I'm sure they would love to have more tools than just a civilian's bike to go handle business. Am I the only one that has the Benny Hill theme running in my head right now? Oh, <laughs> producer Jimmy. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. You're, you're owed. So, you know, no one else has that. <laughs> no, one else. I love it. <laughs> Oh, uh, all right, Sir, Sergeant Joe. I don't know if you saw the end of the video where the where the cop comes back and returns the bike to right. the uh, to the owner. You know, yeah. and, and well, I, I I watched the whole video and really, Chip, what he did is he really he took off running. He realized, wait a minute, I can't, I can't. You know, there's a guy with a bike, so he ran over and he goes, "Sir, can I borrow your bike a minute?" And the guy gives it to him, and I think it's the same guy that called the cops to begin with. It was a citizen that called ah, about maybe. this guy. So he takes off, and I mean, all you see him just busting rear end on the bike, and then he just crashes into the guy. So the other cops show up, and they're you know arresting the dude, and he gets up and he goes, "Hey, I got to get this bike back to the citizen." So they don't. He leaves the bad guy, he runs over, and he thanks the guy, and he says, "Appreciate," shakes his hand, and it was a great. I th I thought it was great. You know. Oh, you got you got to love it. And, and, and the bad guy got three years and eight months in prison. Yeah, but he, I was wondering, the bike had to have been damaged after that tackle with the bike, and he turned it back. I'm just hey, dude, sorry about the scratches on your bike, but I didn't hear any of that. So, right, right. Well, we're lucky it didn't happen in Austin. Uh, Garza would have charged the officer for larceny uh, yeah, exactly. in that incident. Yeah. Ah, and criminal mischief. Right. <laughs> you may be on to something. Well, guys, hey, great show. Um, thanks so much for being on the show, uh, Joe and Travis. Appreciate it. Um, and guys, hey, I, I take this time to usually talk about the Wounded Blue, the WoundedBlue.org. It's a 501c3 created by Lieutenant Randy Sutton from Las Vegas Metro Police Department, helping cops out in, in a world of hurt, suffering from things like PTSD and other issues, or maybe not getting uh, disability benefits from their agency or even a disability retirement out. So the Wounded Blue, the WoundedBlue.org, check them out. Um, now, Travis Yates, um, they can check you out at TravisYates.com. Is that the site? Is it the .com? Uh, it's dot org dot org dot org. Okay, thank you. Yeah. I'm glad. Dot com will get you a man. Will we'll get you something that looks like a man on a bike? So that's not me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Travisyates dot org. And when when uh, when Joe gets a website, we'll give that out as well. Uh, but also a shout out to our sponsors. We have Gauls, AUFire dot com, Gunlearn dot com, Blue the Gold dot com, uh, MyMedicare dot live, uh, Brian Burns, Free Press, Tampa dot com, Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media dot com. Thanks for the support, guys. We'll see you guys back tomorrow, twelve noon.